Hello. Wherever you're listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli and this is today's tech briefing. Later in the program, I'll be talking to Mudit Dandwate and Gaurav Parchani, co-founders of Dozzi, about their contactless health monitor that's being used by hospitals to create step-down ICUs and to keep track of the vital signs of thousands of patients. That's after these headlines. Paytm, India's leading digital payments provider, is planning an initial share sale to raise about $3 billion dollars or about 218 billion rupees coinciding with the Diwali or Dipavali festival around November Bloomberg reported yesterday citing a person familiar with the plan this would be India's biggest IPO billionaire Vijay Shekhar Sharma is targeting a valuation of 25 to 30 billion dollars at the listing for his company 197 Communications Limited which he founded in 2010 and today is better known as Paytm 197 Communications Board will meet today to formally approve the IPO according to Bloomberg. Sharma has invested over 20,000 crore rupees in his venture from investors including China's Alibaba Group and its affiliate Ant Group, Japan's SoftBank Group and America's Berkshire Hathaway. The last significant funding round announced in November 2019 saw Paytm being valued at 16 billion dollars. Overall, Paytm has raised about 3.5 billion dollars in funding. Amazon India is arranging COVID-19 free health insurance cover for registered sellers on its amazon.in marketplace through Aco General Insurance Limited the company said in a press release yesterday Amazon will fully fund the premium cost for this group insurance policy that will be valid for 1 year after activation sellers with an active listing on amazon.in between January 1st 2020 and May 1st 2021 can enroll themselves under the group policy to get coverage for covid-19 hospitalization and medical expenses up to 50000 rupees in addition the insurance policy will also cover domiciliary treatment expenses as prescribed up to the sum insured oneplus is launching two new affordable 5g phones under its nord brand co-founder and ceo pete lau said in a blog post yesterday the nord ce 5g is meant for europe and india A Nord N200 5G is headed to North America. The CE in the OnePlus Nord CE 5G stands for Core Edition. Like the name suggests, this is a product which really aims to deliver a fantastic essential experience, Lav wrote. We distilled the original Nord down to its core elements and added a couple of extra features to bring you a phone that's a little more than you'd expect at an even more affordable price, Lav said. The OnePlus Nord CE 5G will debut on June 10th and fans in India can visit oneplus.in forward slash launch for details. The Indian wearables market grew 170.3% year over year in the first quarter of 2021, shipping 11.4 million units according to data from the International Data Group Data Corporation's worldwide quarterly wearable device tracker. The strong momentum in the watch and ear wear categories led to the highest ever first quarter shipments in India, IDC said in a press release yesterday. Watches grew 463.8% year on year in the first quarter of 2021 to become the fastest growing category in wearables, replacing ear wear such as wireless earphones, which also maintains triple digit growth in 1Q 2021. 
The overall wristwear category, which includes wristbands and watches, grew 74.8% year-on-year in, in this quarter, further establishing the importance of fitness and health tracking devices in the country. In AI news, Ada Health in Berlin, Germany, which has developed an artificial intelligence-based app that tries to diagnose symptoms, has raised $90 million from Samsung and German pharmaceutical giant Bayer, CNBC reported yesterday. Founded in 2011 by entrepreneurs Dr. Claire Novorol, Martin Hirsch and Daniel Nathrath, Other Health says its app has been downloaded over 11 million times. A user starts by entering her symptoms and an AI chat bot will ask a series of questions to try to determine the problem. After that, the app will display the most likely causes of these symptoms and offers some suggestions on what to do next to address the issue. The app is available on both iOS and Android. The app gives generic advice such as to see a doctor in the next three days, but when people interact with other health through a health system that uses the app, they can go straight into booking an appointment and sharing the outcome of their pre-assessment with a real doctor, CNBC reported. In startup news, Fabmart, a mobile-based agri-tech company in Gurugram, has raised 17.7 crore rupees or 2.4 million dollars in a pre-series A funding round led by Omidyar Network India and Avana Capital. Existing investors Indian Angel Network and Let's Venture also participated. The company will focus on product development, user base expansion and scaling its market linkage cap capabilities. Farmart, founded by Alec Sanghera and Mehtab Singh Hans, operates India's first micro software-as-a-service-led agri-tech platform. The platform helps agri-retailers serve farmers better by providing them with access to information, market linkages and input. Retailers can use the platform to digitize their workflow and grow their businesses by offering agri-marketing to farmers. Within nine months of launch, Farmart has onboarded 10,000 retailers and has access to more than 400,000 farmers in 15 states in the country. End buyers also use the platform to source the best produce at the right price from farmers directly without involving multiple intermediaries. Farmart thus coordinates pricing, logistics, quality control and payment via its platform. High-tech hardware startups in India are not common. That is slowly changing in areas ranging from electric vehicles to AIoT devices. I spoke to Mudit Dandwate and Gaurav Parchani about their vibration sensor-based contactless health monitoring device that is helping doctors in hundreds of hospitals create step-down ICUs. The entrepreneurs have brought to the digital age a technique that is almost 150 years old but which went out of fashion listening carefully to the vibrations of the beating human heart. Here's what they said. Mudit and Gaurav, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you for making time. Tell us a bit about how you uh, started Dozy and what was the problem that you were looking to address and how was that an opportunity for you? So uh, Dozy started almost six years back, right? Uh, we figured out that, you know, uh, healthcare is one of the most broken system. It is one of uh, the areas where data can play a very important role, but which is not the case right now, right? So that's where we sought that as our starting point that, you know, we want to simplify the way 
the entire healthcare industry collects data visualizes data processes data and then you know obviously uh, blending in it the different ai and ml components right to make uh, this entire uh, 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 healthcare system something which can proactively save patients life right so that was the idea with which we started uh, and uh, as i mentioned uh, we started from uh, you know changing the way data itself was co uh, collected so the first step towards it was you know creating a contactless sensor that without even touching a person's body monitors all of its body vitals with very high accuracy and then the next step of course were you know to build the second and third layer of it of collection of vitals and then ai and ml led alert information and early warning system creation and that is what is uh, you know achieved today and right now present in close to uh, you know 200 hospitals all across india explain to us a little bit more about how the hardware part of it works and how it ties in to the software that you have built in one of the key data points that was that were always missing in healthcare were that data points that were being collected were too low right and at the uh, and they were very biased in nature you only collect a data point when you are not feeling well and you go to a hospital and a doctor recommends a diagnosis right so you go for an ecg test or an echo test or a blood test or whatever right but these are very few data points and only exist when you're not well uh, there is no system right now to track you in your current state healthy state or a state where you would start deteriorating and at some point of time when you would actually need a doctor right and even let's say some people who are suffering from let's say uh, critical lifestyle disorders and are uh, transferred to home from a facility from a hospital they still they still go unmonitored for a long period of time till they actually feel some sort of symptoms right so the idea was always that can we have something to monitor a person uh, every day so that we have a good picture of their health right uh, in in that essence that and uh, when i say monitor every day it has to be monitor everywhere right because whether you are in a hospital whether you are at whether you are at ho your home or you're in a hotel traveling right so the idea was can can we make a piece of technology that is so easy to use right and uh, at the same time accurate enough so that uh, the data is actionable enough the false alarms are too low right so we ventured into the space uh, to figure out okay can uh, can there be a technology that uh, extracts health data without bothering you too much so we came across ballistocardiography uh, which is nothing but extracting your vital signs from under a mattress when you're lying down it from your vibrations uh, from the vi vibrations the body produces so in theory there's nothing on 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 your body nothing touching you and still when you just go and lie down on your bed the thing that you daily do right we capture all of this data right so this was scalable uh, to the core uh, anybody could use it a person who was 85 years old or 90 years old could use it just go and lie down on your bed and that's it right so that was the motivation to kind of build the hardware because we couldn't find anything at that point of time and now now that we have this technology in place right we still want to grow in hard, uh, hardware space where we are attaching different devices right uh, we're getting data from other sources from an ecg from from a from a pulse oximeter from n number of, from a glucometer and things like that and get all of this data to a platform because as mudit mentioned Uh, once the hardware was in place uh, the platform came came in and it started building ai algorithms over our data vital data to detect okay so if somebody is going to fall ill right uh, if the vital signs are going in the wrong direction or going out of the health, healthy baseline zone uh, 
uh, are the early warning scores uh, kind of alarming in nature, right? So get intervention earlier on to get better patient outcomes and escalate, uh, whether from home to hospital or whether inside the hospital from a ward to an ICU. Obviously, we are not a bed manufacturer, but you know we can upgrade any bed into a step-down ICU, right? And that's the uh, 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 that's the promise uh, that today Dozy is running on. Uh, so, explain a little bit more about how this sensor grabs information about uh, a person's well-being. These yeah. sensors are vibration sensors in nature. Uh, they capture the micro vibrations that a human body produces, right? Especially the upper thoracic region. So we've tuned the sensors to focus on the cardiac and the pulmonary frequency. So it is, uh, in other words, it is capturing the minute movements of your heart muscles when it's pumping in and pumping out blood, right? So it's, it's capturing that. So each and every heartbeat is being captured and in every inhale and exhale is also being captured when you inhale and exhale, uh, right? So all of that combined together comes to us in a raw vibration data our machine learning algorithms extract different uh, signals out of this. So one of them is the cardiac signal for heartbeats. And uh, we also detect minute uh, valve movements as well. And we can actually uh, distinguish between the cardiac cycle, which is the systolic part, which is the diastolic part. We are also able to estimate blood pressure from this and uh, respiratory rate and respiratory functions as well. So even sleep apnea for that matter. So any disturbances in respiratory patterns are also capped. And this technology is a very old technology. It's called ballistocardiography. It was used uh, only for cardiac, but we extended it for pulmonary as well. Uh, ballisto means movement and cardio means uh, heart and graphy is measuring. So measuring the movement of the heart, as simple as that. And uh, is this, uh, does this use uh, sound? Does it use uh, electrical signals? So every time your heart is pushing out blood, right? It is creating a small pressure difference right over there, which then travels through the mattress and then through your cot and then goes down into the ground, right? Mm. Uh, so what Dozy is doing, it is intercepting this, you know, minute vibration, which is caused every time. Uh, just to put it in a layman, if you uh, can, right? So when your heart is pumping very fast and very uh, strongly, you can feel it, right? When you put your hand on that. Uh, imagine Dozy is that super sensitive part, right? Which is doing that all the time placed under the mattress. So placed even under an 18 inch mattress also, it is able to do that. What is the uh, technology that you have built here? Uh, I would imagine the sensor was available in the market for you uh, to purchase probably off the shelf, maybe some amount of customization. Uh, what is, what is the technology that is core to Dozy. Correct. So the proprietary part in this, right, uh, which we have built, uh, you're right. So sensors, uh, core sensors are off the shelf, but you know, these sensors are made for very different thing. Uh, these are generally made for automobile purposes. And, you know, that is again, a very interesting uh, uh, reason why, you know, we went into for it into this region. I used to work very closely on race cars. Right. And uh, in fact, you know, my one of the roles used to be, you know, collection of data and things like that. In race, race cars, we used to use this vibrations and modal frequencies to understand, you know, which part of the race car is going off. One of the thoughts was, you know, why can't it be, uh, you know, translated to human body as well. Right. So it came from there, but then we had to actually work a lot, right? Because yes, you are like a race car. But, you know, uh, the frequencies are very different. The amplitudes are very different, uh, right? And here uh, we are talking about very, very feeble vibrations. So we had to, you know, change the entire stack altogether uh, for getting that. That was one part of it. But while we did that, it also became more susceptible to noise, 
right? Uh, because this is able to capture such a minute thing. And imagine it is able to, you know, what if you know someone is moving around and things like that? So it can even capture those kind of things as well. So a lot of work uh, in data science went into noise re rejection, which I am I'm sure Gaurav can talk about. And after that, you know, then using uh, these uh, uh, cleaned up data signals, to then using it to estimate uh, and create an early warning system that you know how trends are changing, and that's where it gives its final and biggest outcome. Uh, which is, you know, before uh, something serious happens, it gives an early signal, right? And that's uh, exactly is the biggest value of Dozy when it comes to any hospital or even at home as well. Gaurav, you want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, how the noise rejection yeah. and uh, yeah, that uh, So as I said, right, ballistic cardiography was a very old technique, right? Uh, it was actually invented in 1877. Uh, people lost interest in it in 1903 when ECG came, right? So it was even invented before ECG. Uh, the primary reason of losing interest in that at that point of time was uh, if you look at any sensor, right? Uh, you look at signal to noise ratio. So in this case, the signal to noise ratio is very, very poor, right? It's susceptible to a lot of mechanical noise, right? Uh, somebody moving a lot or a construction activity going around near you. So it's susceptible to that amount of noise. Uh, uh, and the, at that point of time, we didn't have uh, all, all this computation power that we have now, right? So uh, people lost interest in it, but over the last decade or so, you would see that there is a lot of interest in ballistocardiography, right? Not only us, a lot of researchers have been working on it, both in India and abroad. Uh, there have been some few products also on it, Dozy, one of them. Uh, and uh, the primary area of improvement has been uh, to remove the noise component as much as possible and still extract meaningful information from the signal. Uh, it, it, it took work from us in two different directions. One was obviously digital signal processing. So how can we remove uh, the maximum amount of noise we can? And to a certain extent, uh, not focus on noise removal, but still focus on in the noisy signal, can we find the signal of interest or pattern of interest? Uh, this was kind of, uh, the problem statement was that the signal is highly, uh, irregular. So it, it can be different for you. It can be different for me, for me in a different posture, the patterns are different for it in a different mattress. It's different, right? So, uh, there are too many variables here, right? So, uh, a lot, a lot of work from our side actually went into developing unsupervised algorithms. These algorithms, uh, get adjusted to the data that is coming in right away. Right. So. Uh, in a way, you can say that for our base algorithms that extract meaningful information from the sensor, they don't require a training set at all, uh, because we've kind of made sure that, okay, they train themselves uh, on the data that is coming in and look for recurring patterns that are that are required and related to heartbeats and respiration cycles. And then over that, uh, we've uh, kind of built other solutions as Mudad described for early warning systems and alerting systems. So in every hospital where we deploy, especially when we are deploying a large quantity and, uh, you know, I'll give you a case of COVID uh, care centers, because right now that is, uh, you know, one of the most uh, critical and uh, not just critical, but also one of the most hazardous works, workplaces to be at as well, right? So we also create the central uh, monitoring stations where, you know, the entire wards, the entire hospital is remotely being monitored. Right. Every second, every minute that can be monitored and one nurse can monitor close to 100 to 150 patients in one time. Right. Well, physically, she can only do maybe 20 to 30 in an hour. Here she is monitoring every single minute more than 100 to 150. Right. 
Second thing that comes is that whenever there is a change, changing trend, right? So say respiration rate is now started to increase. So it was 22, is 23, and is slowly reaching up 24, 25, 26, right? Like that, it is on a rising trend, right? So immediately it alerts the nurse that, you know, this is something which is going on. And the risk score for this person has been increasing for last one hour, right? So this person should be uh, checked on a priority basis, right? So this is the message that they get on their app, uh, all the uh, nurses uh, in the hospital. So whoever is available inside the ward, they will check and they will then, you know, put even the comment of it uh, that, you know, what is the issue. In many of the cases uh, and typical things, you know, why this has happened, you know, of course, people's uh, uh, health deteriorating, that is a very typical one, even ventilator malfunctioning as well, or, uh, you know, oxygen uh, 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 getting over, such things are also something, you know, which were highlighted uh, just because of the fact that, you know, there was a continuous monitoring, which was available and continuous monitoring along with the early warning system, right? So that is how it becomes a very life-saving combination, right? But not to discount anything in this, one of the very important things is always going to be, uh, you know, how the end clinicians act upon it, right? And we are really glad that, you know, right now, uh, clinicians are, you know, really forward-looking and they are adopting the technology like this and, you know, they act upon whenever there is any kind of such alerts and actually uh, save lives because they are doing it and also, you know, help us being uh, a, a cause in that also in certain way. Muddit covered the hospital use case really well. Um, there, you asked for one of the one of the examples as well, right? So uh, I remember one of the examples few months back uh, and this is, a, this is a case for at home monitoring. So uh, we also have that uh, as in a customer testimonial as well and they've gone on camera and their doctor has gone on camera and kind of uh, given that record as well. Uh, where uh, a, a, a lady was monitoring her mother, uh, 85-year-old mother oh, dozy, on Dozy, right? And uh, the mother used to live a little bit far away from the lady. Uh, there was an alert uh, in terms of irregular heartbeats and the pulse rate falling abnormally down. Uh, and we recommended that at, at some point of time that this is happening uh, on a regular basis, please get it checked out uh, with a cardiologist, right? So they approached their cardiologist with the data. The cardiologist looked at it and actually recommended an ECG test, uh, post which he figured out there is a problem in the SA node. It's a rhythm defect. And uh, his recommendation was to go for a surgery in the next week itself, right? So that uh, that essentially, uh, the doctor went on, to the, uh, on, on record to say that it could have been catastrophic for the lady if they hadn't come in time, right? The lady had passed it off as a age-related fatigue and brushed it off. But uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, it was a rhythm defect in the heart, right? So... Uh, that is something that uh, is a clear-cut case where we were able to impact that. Uh, and there have been tons of other cases as well. And uh, how many uh, hospitals, centers, and how many devices are out there today? So right now, about 4,000 devices uh, are active uh, in about 200 hospitals all across India. These are also spread across uh, you know, the entire India. So uh, close to 35 districts right now. What, what, what are the next big steps for you? So, you know, next big steps as Gaurav mentioned. So one is, of course, you know, uh, scalability. So one uh, initiative that we have taken uh, currently. So India right now and the current COVID pandemic did uh, expose that, uh, right? Uh, 
uh, India was always lacking in three major resources: nurses, doctors, and ICU beds. Correct. Close to uh, you know five lakh ICU beds are lesser. Close to two lakh doctors are required, and close to three lakh more nurses are required. Right. So while this cannot be done overnight, uh, we are actually taking it up on ourselves to uh, create one million ICU beds, uh, one million step down ICU beds rather, uh, just to be correct. uh in public hospital settings and also uh, you know at the same time so this is 1 million separate and then working in the private settings of course to you know improve the healthcare outcomes uh reduce the nursing workload and so on right so that is something uh, which will be working uh, very hard on uh, in next two years so that is going deeper into uh, what we do and you know gorav uh, and me we are also working on uh, uh, you know adding few more uh, uh, sensors as well as he did mention uh, so getting beyond uh, just uh, ballistocardiography as well so there will be uh, ecg there will be temperature sensing there will be uh, glucometers and things like that right so host of all other sensors will be coming along as well uh, on the same platform so that they have just one screen where they look at and uh, you know they have the entire uh, systems which are available to them and then also you know a lot of integrations will be done uh, uh, include including but not just limited to his mis systems and uh, you know also uh, working very closely with hospitals to even help them uh, you know uh, visualize data and also integrate it to their own systems as well right so that is something uh, which is next Correct. and if and when we when we are actually successful on that we would potentially be the largest repository of health data in the world i'm sure about that we are also doing some more uh, you know uh, upgrades as well making it uh, ready for rural market as well right so uh, you know it should work out of the box so uh, we are also adding uh, something like lte support into the devices as well so that they don't need wifi or any other sophisticated need as well right so then the only requirement that uh, you will have uh, right is just plug it inside a power socket and uh, your step down icu is ready that is how easy we want to make it okay excellent uh, this is uh, totally insightful uh, modit and garo thank you for making time for this call we hope to keep the conversation going thank you thanks a lot thanks for listening thanks that was modit dandote and garo parchani That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on ForbesIndia.com or on your favorite podcast app. I'm Hari Arkli. Thank you for listening.